This is episode 50 of the Kindred Mom podcast. I am your host, Emily Sue Allen. Hi there, friends. Thank you so much for being here for this episode of the Kindred Mom podcast. We are at episode 50, which feels like a milestone in and of itself. And I'm so grateful that you're here for the conversations that will follow in the two segments I have with the various women who are a part of our Kindred Mom team behind the scenes. We are reflecting on what this year has been like for each of us personally, as well as um, kind of revisiting the topics that we have covered on Kindred Mom on the blog and the podcast. And all of those series are still there for you to go back and read if you haven't caught up on all of them. Um, Go back and listen to some of the podcast episodes from earlier in the year. I'm going to be putting some links in the show notes of this episode where you can hopefully easily find all those things. And um, all the things that are mentioned in this episode will also be there for you in case you want to go and check them out. I just want to thank you for listening to this podcast, for supporting me, for supporting our team, for sharing the podcast with your friends and forwarding along the essays that you read that are meaningful to you. You are a huge part of how this community grows and we're really grateful for your willingness to walk arm in arm with us to encourage other moms. So please enjoy this episode and a Merry Christmas. Well, I'm glad to be here with my two good friends, Lynn Patty and Jenny Van Winkle, and we're going to be using this segment to do some reflection on what we have covered on Kindred Mom this year, as well as just some general um, reflecting on what the year has been like for each of us. So welcome, Lynn, and welcome, Jenny. Hi, it's good to be here. Hey there. Hi. Well, I'm so glad you guys are here because we just wanted to take this last episode of the year to reflect a little bit because this Kindred Mom community is such a sweet and wonderful part of my life. I would just love to revisit some of the series topics that we've covered this year. And I don't know if you want to jump right in with something that you feel like you've taken away from one of the series topics that we've done. Yeah, I'll jump right in. You know, the resilience series was really interesting to me. I don't think that I had considered um, resilience as something that I think about before Mm -hmm. then. But since we did that series... I see it popping up in my life all the time. I'm like, oh, I'm building resilience Mm -hmm. right now. Look Mm -hmm. at me building resilience right (laughs) now. Um, I just appreciate the... I appreciate the depth of having that uh, awareness, you know, like Mm -hmm. just opening that world up for me. Um, My family, for pretty much the second half of this year, uh, we've been selling our house and buying another house and moving. And it's been a long process. And I'll tell you, I feel like I am the most resilient I will ever be. Oh, man. Yeah. It's just a really, it's kind of cute with with your baby here and how you're talking about resilience and it's like you're not even able to get a word in sometimes <laughs> and how like oh isn't that life right like it. sometimes we yeah. we don't even get to have our full thought and how that can be so defeating and deflating that we do have to remind ourselves that when we do carry on we are resilient yeah. and we're fostering those things and I, I just think that's that's pretty timely. So I, yeah. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> the baby there too. So Yeah, it's definitely fitting for where we are all at in our lives right now with lives full of children and children's noises and just the adventure of trying to manage all the things that are kind of asking for our attention and needing our care. And I also really loved the Resilience series, partly because I think that mothers are naturally building resilience, even without trying, as you move from the stages of pregnancy with your first child through the older years of grade school and middle school, and just being able to give language to what is really happening in that process. I think it's something that it's pretty unavoidable to not become more resilient. I just think it's one of those things that can feel like a really frustrating experience as well, because it's kind of like, 
I have people talk to me about how patient I am as a mother, and I just want to laugh because I'm like, wow, they're not in my house very often if that's what they think. But really, over the years of having more and more children in my care, like I am more patient than I once was. And I still struggle with being patient as much as I would like to be in every situation. But I think it's Just awesome to celebrate how mothers kind of grow into the role and that we do become more resilient, more patient, more able to solve problems on the fly because we've been around the block a few times and know that troubleshooting every tiny problem under the sun is just our jobs. And so I also love that series and just how being able to talk about a mother's strength, that internal strength of just being able to weather all the things is really a special and beautiful part of our journey. Yeah. And then to cheer that on. Yeah, no, I just, I think it's really important to Emily, what you just said about, we know that we're not supposed to compare ourselves with other people, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's helpful to just compare where we were to where we are now, mm-hmm. because that can give you a sense of accomplishment in some ways. You know, I just think about what you were saying about patience and I resonate with what you said that I'm much more patient now. Of course, I have a lot of work to do on that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's just, it's good to kind of have those checks and balances in your mothering career, you know, look back and say, wow, look how far I've come. Well, and it's not about achieving some higher level or something. It's just about recognizing how children transform our lives and really grow our hearts. And I think when we're drawn into all the tasks that are required and begin finding our wings, so to speak, as the years go by, that there is a lot of beautiful growth that happens in us as we journey through that and I think there's always room for improvement for every one of us. So that's why I think it's good to not see it as having leveled up or advanced to the gold star level of whatever, um, with respect, especially to patients, <laughs> because um, we get knocked off that one pretty easily, right? <laughs> yeah, like in the next five minutes, probably. <laughs> it's still a beautiful thing to just see a mom who has pushed through struggles to see that she is very capable of the job in front of her. Absolutely. I also really appreciated hearing different perspectives about family culture and Mm -hmm. what different people have as far as traditions in their families and Mm -hmm. how they make special time for each other or just how they interact with each other to just develop that relationship, that network of relationships in their Mm -hmm. immediate core group of people there. And I just think that it's really beautiful to, to see all the different perspectives, but also just to, to see that as something to celebrate and something to, Mm -hmm. to really cultivate, you know, like not to, not to just say, Oh, I'm just gonna do whatever I can. And we're often in that survival mode, but when we can kind of find that little break where we can pull our head above water a little bit and take a breath and look around. And we see these people that are around us that are our family that we've brought into existence and, and how we can nurture those relationships. I, I just think it's really beautiful. And I just like yeah, that. I loved that series too. And I have to say going through that series, both on the podcast episodes that we had as well as the essays that we featured on the blog, it really got some good conversations going in my house and I think that we have introduced language to our family system that wasn't there before. And, you know, some of that is I have a couple siblings that are having a lot of trouble with each other these days. (laughs) And, you know, they're just struggling with being kind, struggling with generosity and sharing their things. Um, On the flip side, struggling with respecting the space and things of others. And so, you know, I've just started talking with them about what kind of family are we? And are we a forgiving family or are we hold a grudge family? Are we, there's a lot of things we've talked about in the last few months about that, but I feel like it's been good for them to have to think about what kind of family are we, because they're a part of that system. They're a part of those relationships. And I think the number one thing that um, I'm taking away from this year, because I have repeated it so many times, is that. Everybody brings their contribution in 
our family circle. And sometimes that contribution is a gift and a blessing and is wonderful. They're joyful, helpful, uh, really working together. And sometimes it's the negativity and the frustration and the, you know, let's just fight everybody right. and make it more challenging than it needs to be. And for them to have to own that because uh, so yeah. many of the disagreements that my sons especially have is, well, he did X, Y, Z thing. I'm like, but what did you do? And I will deal with that issue separately. But if you don't own your own part of what you're bringing to the conflict, most likely the conflict is not going to be resolved. <laughs> so exactly. uh, that's, that's kind of yeah. what we've taken away from that. I'm just sitting over here taking notes, Em, because that's <laughs> so good. Yeah. Well, along with that series too, I really appreciated the podcast episode Mm -hmm. um, where we talked about screen time. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's been a huge topic in our home this year as we have uh, one child who is getting a little older. She's 11, Mm -hmm. um, which doesn't sound old when I say it, but anyway, (laughs) um, she is the oldest and, you know, screens are just such a part of our lives. And I just really appreciated an open, honest conversation about this. I think, you know, so many times, our social media culture, whatever is I'm doing fine. We're doing fine or whatever, but just that, uh, opportunity to pause and say, well, no, I don't know if anybody's doing fine on this over here, you know, <laughs> unless, unless your kids are just not on screens at all. But, yeah. um, anyway, I just really look back at that and it came at a time too in the year where I needed it. Yeah. And I mean, that's, it's just one thing I love about kindred mom is that it's really current. It's really, um, applicable, uh, kind of immediately to many ages and stages, which is just uh, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that episode was number 38. We called it Every Screen Tells a Story. And our guest was Christy Thomas. And she was just such a wealth of wisdom on how to approach this in a really practical way without fear of screens, like they can't be a part of your life at all, but with uh, just some really practical ideas about how to do that thoughtfully and involve your kids in learning how to discern what is good for them to watch. And so if you missed that episode, go back to number 38 and check it out. Well, I'd love for us to talk a little bit about um, just this year, maybe in a more personal light, not just the content that we've shared on Kindred Mom, but the things that we ourselves have been journeying through. And I can begin just by sharing a little bit about how I feel like I have grown this year, what I learned this year which is a lot. I won't tell you everything (laughs) because I'll be here a while if I do. But I just think reflection is a really powerful tool in our toolkit as we've kind of look ahead to a new year. Um, I used to be a major goals person where I'd have like 30, 40 goals for the year and would really fight tooth and nail to get those goals accomplished. And there's been something about the last couple of years that that has really relaxed in a huge way. And instead of working down a task list, I feel like I've really um, tried to spend more time cultivating some values that are not necessarily things that come easy to me. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about self-care the entire year since January pretty much on every podcast episode. So I'm sorry if you're tired of it. Um, But it's just really a big part of what has defined this year for me. Self-care is something that before we went through the series in January was, I just didn't like the word. I thought it was shallow to be like, oh, do your self-care or something. I didn't really have a desire to even do that topic in January, but it just seemed like an important thing to touch on for the beginning of the year. And I have to say, it has opened a whole new world of just pursuing what it means to be a wholehearted mama uh, for me because I realized how terrible I am at self-care. So I would say this year for me has been most poignantly defined by wrestling with what self-care is and should be in my life and not from a place of having to achieve or do something amazing, but the very gritty daily minor choices that are actually bigger choices in my day as far as how I nourish myself, how I rest 
how I am honestly taking care of myself in the most basic ways. And so I feel like what I've learned this year is that self-care is about stewardship. It is about being ready and able to do what is needed in my family. Um, It's about being healthy in all the ways that I can be healthy because I feel like I've been really good in the last few years about spiritual health and, you know, for talking about mental health or talking about wholeheartedness from a very abstract perspective. I think I've done those things well, but down to the very basic, am I getting to bed at a reasonable hour? Am I nourishing my body? Am I getting some movement in my day? Am I going to the dentist (laughs) and all that stuff? (laughs) Like I just, some of those things ended up at the end of the, the line for me for a long time. And I just see them as much more important now. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of one of those things that self care, like you're saying, it's sort of one of those terms that feels like it's sort of blindsides you. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, what is that? Like, it's, so, it's sort of hard to define yeah. what is self-care. Yeah. But I love what you said about just taking those little tiny, almost inconsequential things, mm-hmm. like going to the dentist or whatever, yeah. you know, that seems like this isn't self-care, but it really, really is because yeah. it's dealing with the things that you need to deal with yeah. on a very granular level. So well, and to me, it's more of like seeing it as a way of life, as a wholehearted, you know, I, I, I'm not even a wellness guru or anything. I'm not a fitness instructor. I don't do any multi-level marketing companies, products. I'm just like straight up. I just want to be as healthy as I can be because I want to be able to do for the people around me that I love, I want to be available yeah. and able to respond to their needs and their desires and to have fun and to laugh. And I'll tell you, when you have neglected your own physical health for long enough, it takes a toll and yeah. you become less available, less interested in, you know, less able to respond to some of those things. And so, It's just changing the tides, I will say. Well, and it's like the whole flight attendant spiel where it's like secure your own oxygen mask before you have a prayer of helping anybody else, you know? So it's like, just take care of yourself because you are the one that's offering the care to those in your care. And so, Yeah. yeah, I like that. For me this year, and it's been mostly recent that I've had this realization and part of me is a little nervous about saying this up front because I'm like if people look at my history as a as a professional I'm a teacher and so to say to say this is like oh I'm kind of like well kind of throwing into question my ability as a teacher but I am seeing my children as individuals for the first time instead of batch processing all of all of my kids, right? Like, and it, I think it. I think part of that is sort of innate when you have multiples. It's sort of a mode of survival that it's like everyone's getting a diaper at the same time. Everyone's taking a nap at the same. You know, it's just very. Everyone's got to, you know, it's just the way that you deal with it as the sole caregiver at any given time is to batch process. And I have really kept that mentality, even though my kids are now in school and I am realizing now that there are strengths and needs among my, among my kids and that it's okay to differentiate and beyond, beyond being okay, that I really do have the bandwidth to say, okay, you need something specific that your brother doesn't need, for instance, or that you are really good at this thing that your brother is, you know, this is also good in something else, Mm -hmm. you know, and to be able to see those strengths and be able to hold them at the same time. I feel like I haven't really had the ability to do that emotionally or cognitively to really see my kids as individuals. Like I knew that on some level, but to really say, Oh, like, this is you, this isn't just like a passing, you know, milestone thing that you're five and now you do this thing or you're three and now you (laughs) do that thing. So yeah, I, that's, that's one thing that I'm learning. I think that's so honest, Jenny. And I have the same issue in my house where I do like, okay, if it's bedtime, you're all going to bed. We're not doing any separate things here, even though there's an age range two to 12 (laughs) and you know, the, the 12 year old kind of deals by reading in her bed for a little bit longer than the younger kids stay awake. But 
there's just been a lot of exactly what you're calling batch processing, which is just, you know, that's kind of what keeps things on the rails sometimes. But I do think it's such a gift to our kids for them to be individually seen. And so I love what you said about that. And it's definitely something that I'm working on as a mama. Yeah, me too, Jen. I can't even agree with you more. I'm over here shaking my head because I feel like that is probably the, that was what I was going to say. You stole my answer. (laughs) (laughs) After we brought Jack into the family, he came in February. He's our fifth baby. I think that that idea of the emotional needs of my different children washed over me like a tidal wave. Cause I was like, wow, the babies, the, you know, the 18 month old and the newborn, they're, they're very physical, so physically demanding the sleep, the nursing, all of that. But then I have these three older ones that they, that's all they need is emotional support. I feel, (laughs) you know, just navigating friendships, navigating, obviously sibling relationships, that was, and sometimes still, even though Jack is 10 months old, almost, that is really overwhelming to me. And the the, th- the thing that I feel like I've grown the most in this year is just saying, uh, like what Jenny was saying, no, you're good at this. No, we're going to let him do that. No, no, no. You've got to come over here and do the, you know, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> also, just as their schooling goes too, uh, we homeschool. And so that it's just differentiation. I just totally hear you on that. And there, and also that there's a, there's a shift when around the age that you're talking about, Jen, your boys, you know, where they become more than just babies to yeah. take care of. Yeah. They just really require that next level, the, the deeper connection, the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the conversation yeah. in the car turns kind of deep. Yeah. It's always, for me, it's always out of car mm-hmm. where, some, where someone asks a profound question, you know, why are there birds? Yeah. <laughs> uh, because there aren't any dinosaurs wow. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it just leads to like this big thing that you didn't even see. Anyway, yeah. I just, I resonate with that a lot, I think. Um, and I think our listeners will too. Yeah. And I felt like, like what you said about kind of having that realization that they're not babies anymore, that just need that I don't know. It's just kind of a low level kind of care that doesn't involve a lot of emotional investment that I kind of, when I had this realization not that long ago going, Oh my gosh, have I been asleep at the wheel? Like, have they been doing this and I've just not been able to perceive this at all? Or is, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just like mom finally coming online or is it, or is it kind of more of a, yes, this is like a developmental milestone where they start, doing these things. And I think it's sort of both, but to yeah, not I cut, yeah. you know, to not like, you know, berate yourself for not being constantly on or able to perceive all of the little things like, yes, you're going to have times when you're on and you're going to have times when, you know, you don't really understand what's happening. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and to be okay yeah. with that, you know, so it's just like, yeah. Cut yourself a break. Well, I think totally. it also comes with experience as you step one step further into motherhood. Because for me, I mean, I have such an age range with my kids that I think I perceive more about my younger ones than I did about my older ones when they were young. Yes. And yes. that's because now I have watched these other stages and I am coming in with a different perspective with my younger group. And I think that babies have personalities from the beginning. (laughs) They have propensities and interests and strengths that maybe we don't see them right away at the beginning. But the more we learn about how to pay attention, how to speak in a child's world and to see what they're seeing and journey alongside them, to me, that's probably the most profound part of motherhood. Because, you know, if, if we reduce everything to just tasks that need to be done, I feel like that's that was my first five years of motherhood easy, was just get all the things done. The babies are fed, the babies are asleep, <laughs> you know, they the babies are, the, we've picked up all the stuff yeah. from the babies. <laughs> and, you know, now what is more challenging and also more rewarding about the parenting journey is seeing into their hearts. And I mean, when my son was sharing with me his dreams 
for when he's an adult. We've never talked about this before this time that he had shared with me that he wants to be an artist and a an author and a father. And I'm just like, I'm here like blubbering out here. It's like, oh, this is all so wonderful and amazing to hear you talk about these dreams that you have. And so I'm my note to myself as we continue into a new year is just to try to create some spaces for those kinds of conversations of discovery to happen where I just really draw out of them what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're dreaming about, things that they want to do. And, you know, instead of making goals necessarily, I want to just say, okay, so we have this calendar year. What's something you want to explore? What's something which we've done a little bit with homeschooling and just kind of feeling out their interests for different unit studies and stuff. But I just feel like for the ages that they are, that's going to become a more important part of our process of transitioning into a new year. And those interests become, like you were saying, they're, they've been present the whole time. And when you realize, yeah. oh, this is part of your personality. And I do remember it becomes like another kind of fingerprint for that person. And it's kind of, it's beautiful yeah. to discover that. Well, ladies, we're going to wrap up this conversation pretty soon here. Was there anything you wanted to say about this year on Kindred Mom, this year in your own motherhood journey that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I'll just say that this year has been one for the books for us. And I feel a little like I am limping to the finish line. Um, I'm not sure if I've done anything well this year, to be honest. I just, I, woo. Just get a little choked up here because, you know, just sometimes I, we get all the kids to bed and I just go into my room and I'm like, man, I feel like every night that we get five kids to bed, we should like get a medal (laughs) because, you know, but in reality, um, I do think that there's been some good things. And I just, I, I guess I just want to encourage people listening to take the good with the bad. There's a tension, you know? Um, I don't know if it's good and bad or grace versus whatever. I can't even come up with it right now, but you know, I just encourage people that it's okay. Like the tension is there mm-hmm. and it's okay. I, I yelled at my kid today and I, and I snuggled with him today mm-hmm. and they were both needed, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's nice to know that not everybody is feeling like a they got an A plus for the day because it's like, oh, it's just nice yeah. that camaraderie of feeling like we're down in the trenches together is going, oh, great. Mm. <laughs> I didn't feel like I did a great job and neither did she. So <laughs> we can all move forward. <laughs> yes. Well, I just think there is such a beautiful tension in motherhood that it is so challenging and it does require so much of us. And, you know, I think it pokes at our deepest insecurities. It uncovers our biggest weaknesses. It also brings the greatest joy and the most significant meaning I have ever experienced. And so that's why I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to use our Kindred Mom platform to just continue encouraging moms because the place in the trenches, it really is not easy. And, you know, all of our wonderful conversations about these kind of abstract ideas like resilience or, um, you know, there have been some others this year that they're just, they're kind of big picture ideas, but, you know, at the heart of what we're doing every single day, like it's, it's unglamorous and it's oftentimes a thankless job that nobody sees you doing, that nobody does hand you a medal and says, you did a super good job. But when it, in whatever small way we can as a community, I just want to remain a place where we can both see the beauty of motherhood in its big picture view and also just see that these very gritty, mundane, sometimes awful tasks that we have to do, like cleaning up puke and wiping noses in the, in the cold season and all that stuff, that these are incredibly important things that do end up building a child's life. And without someone there to do those things, you know, like I just try to think about what my life would be like if I hadn't had a mother there to care for me when I was in those tender years of just needing something to be 
in my belly for the day, just yeah. full of love and what was, you know, and that's why to me, it's really just not about achieving some high level of awesome, <laughs> which I think there's some high level of awesome moms in our community for sure. But if that's the standard that we're setting as like, this is what you have to be in order to be a good mom. I just don't think that that is helpful. And so uh -huh. we're just here to cheer on through the little things and know that we all have struggles and we all have mistakes that we've made. We all have the things that we don't enjoy or love doing that, you know, maybe, maybe it's not okay to say those out loud in other spaces, but so grateful to have had this year with our listeners and our readers and hope that we can continue on in the new year with some of our new topics. And um, so thank you both for being here for this conversation. Yeah, thanks. So. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm here again with the other half of our Kindred Mom team, Lindsay Cornett and Robin Chapman, and we're going to just continue our conversation reflecting on this year and what Kindred Mom has covered, what we have individually learned, and I'm just excited to be here with you ladies. Welcome. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's always just fun when we get to do these unscripted team segments just because I am always excited to see where it's going to go, yeah. <laughs> and especially because this this year has been incredibly rich with all the work that we've done behind the scenes, the relationships we've been building with each other on our team, and all the writers that we've been able to interface with has been such an awesome part of this journey. And so since we're kind of in reflection mode, looking back on the year, I'd love to just know what is staying with both of you uh, from the series topics that we've covered and the people that we've met. Well, I've really... Um I keep thinking about the Life Around the Table series. I mm -hmm. love just all the ideas that came out about what brings us together as families. And then more than that, like how hospitality works um, mm -hmm. and how, how we can create that for other people. Oh, I guess it was in the, <laughs> it was in the Cultivating Home series. Natalie Ogborn talked to, mm -hmm. wrote the Putting Myself Aside piece where she talked about her kids playing boot hockey and letting go of the expectations of super fancy food and all the stuff that she really enjoyed doing. But yeah, setting all of that aside was what was best for her, her family mm -hmm. to experience that community. Yeah, I really love that too. And she's such a thoughtful writer and always kind of takes a really simple story and draws out just truths and beautiful things that I wouldn't necessarily think of when I read the title or when I get in the first paragraph, but I just love that piece as well. And I also loved the hospitality, life around the table, making dinner every night series, partly because of the epic lead magnet that we yeah. created <laughs> to send to our subscribers and share with the moms who come check it out. And I have to say that was a project that I started personally, like two and a half years ago, just kind of with this idea to pull together some really well-loved family recipes and share some of the things from my own journey in the kitchen and finding my own confidence as a mom who cooks and serves meals every day because mm -hmm. um, I didn't come into motherhood with any kitchen skills. Right. <laughs> so that's something I started a long time ago and to see that finally come to fruition and to be um, something that so many moms have enjoyed, they've downloaded. And I know that some people have tried some recipes. I'd love to hear from listeners who have and just know what which ones you loved. And uh, so, but that was really very tedious to put together. <laughs> Robin helped me to uh, make sure that everything was in order and we tended to all the tiny details, but um, I just feel so proud of it. Yeah. Like it was just an awesome thing. Yeah. It was really cool. I really loved, I have made several of the recipes from that book. Um, mm -hmm. Songs Chicken is one that I make for myself oh. fairly regularly. I haven't tried that um, one. Oh, it's just like a really simple way to bake chicken breast mm -hmm. to have on hand for whatever random meal prep you might need to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. I tend to um, make it and use it for my own lunches, okay. um, which mm -hmm. has just been really, really nice. Weird. And it's super easy. Um, yeah. So that's one that I have used a lot. But what I one of the things I really loved about that resource was 
the questions that writers answered or not Mm -hmm. just moms answered before they provided their recipes, just kind of Mm -hmm. about what life around the table has looked like in their homes. I really just enjoyed those sort of brief snapshots of just how different life around the table can look in different families. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved kind of, so many people mentioned the cultures that their families, um, kind of celebrate and the cultures they grew up in and how that has impacted their families. And I just really, really enjoyed that. It was um, kind of an unexpected benefit for me of that, of that recipe book. Yeah. I I know that when I originally had the concept for this thing I wanted to put together with that is I just, I didn't want just recipes because I feel like when I find a recipe and I look at it, it has like no context to me. Right. (laughs) And I'm not really a recipe user in the first place. I'll be really honest. I like to draw ideas from recipes and then make my own thing based on inspiration. Right. (laughs) But I loved the idea of being able to have a window into someone's life and a context for where this recipe is coming from, partly because I thought if moms could see, oh, this mom, you know, serves her family allergen-free, gluten-free food, there might be some recipes here that work for me. And um, so that was kind of just wanting to give it some context and also just... I love drawing in other women to what we're doing in the mm-hmm. Kindred Mom community. So that seemed like a really easy way to draw in some moms who aren't necessarily writers since we have writers in all the time for the blog. We have guests on the podcast, but I just, I, I was just in love with the way that whole thing went. And um, yeah, it was really, it was really neat. I was reflecting on it a little bit. Um, as I kind of prepared for this conversation, mm-hmm. I was reading back over just some um, kind of flipping through my notebooks through the year, thinking about what I've learned and what I've been mulling over. And I mm-hmm. stumbled on this quote that I had written down at a writing conference I went to earlier this year, mm-hmm. where the author who was speaking on that panel had said that as moms, even writing about our families and our homes is an act of hospitality. And I think that that kind of applies to this recipe book, right? Each mom sort of took a chance on sharing not just the recipes, but also the story of their kitchen and their dinner table. And it's just like they just welcomed us all right into their homes. Really awesome. Well, I would love for us to talk about, you just mentioned like what you learned this year. I know this is like a very deep and wide (laughs) topic that could go any direction, but just to share a little bit about not just solely based around kindred bomb topics, but what this year has been like for you as a mother and something that you're taking away as we move into a new year that you're just wanting to hold close to your heart. Well, I, this has been a year of a lot of change and growth, I think, in our family. Mm-hmm. My oldest started kindergarten. My um, other two are now three and almost two. So they, that's just a stage of childhood, you know, where kids grow and change so much. They, I just feel like they are completely different children right now than they were Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year. And at the same time, I feel like I have also added a lot to my plate this year. I try to be so careful about leaving margin and white space in my calendar, but this is just a year because of a variety of circumstances, mm-hmm. including joining the Kindred Mom team. Like yes. so many good things, but my responsibilities, <laughs> yeah, my commitments have just kind of ballooned this year. Yeah. Um, and so I've kind of had to do a lot of reevaluating how I structure my days and how I value and use my time. Mm-hmm. And I think as the year winds down, I'm really feeling pretty convicted, I think, Mm -hmm. about my tendency towards distraction Mm -hmm. and the way I kind of let myself be um, controlled by, you know, that phrase, the tyranny Mm -hmm. of the Mm -hmm. urgent. Mm -hmm. I think that that has kind of become my MO over maybe the past six months or so. We've been attending a new church, and one of the things that they do as a part of the service is really try to make space for silence and contemplation, and they ask everyone to just sort of sit. Mm -hmm. And that is so hard Mm -hmm. for me. I just cannot turn off my brain. I am really, really easily distracted and addicted to my phone as well. That is certainly not helping. And so I'm just kind of mulling that over as the year winds down. Like I... Like all of the things that I'm doing, I'm I'm satisfied sort of with the level of commitment, but I've just got to sort of rethink yeah. how I approach my to-do list and the tasks in front of me and um, mm-hmm. so that I can be 
more present with my kids and just more at ease in my own mm-hmm. heart and mind. Yeah. I think too. My year has been sort of a lot of expanding and then contracting and then expanding and then contracting again. I don't know if that even makes sense, but mm-hmm. um, like early in the year I was hitting goals hard. And then I joined the kindred mom team, which was, I don't want to say a goal because I never like imagined that that was an option, <laughs> honestly. And, uh, <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. and got to do all these cool things with these women that I really like. And, um, and then I had hit some health challenges that pretty much knocked me out mm-hmm. of everything for several months. Yeah. And then I started to pick back up and, yeah, and we're we're sort of hitting our stride in homeschooling. This is this is my third year homeschooling my um, two oldest girls mm-hmm. that are six and not quite eight. Yeah, and it's just it's been fun to sort of get into a groove there. But with that comes a lot of ratcheting back down the commitments at home, just so that we can keep a routine going here. It's been interesting. There's just been a lot of, it feels like there's been a lot of extremes. I think motherhood is just like that, where it's not super predictable other than, of course, everybody has to eat every day. Mm -hmm. So that's predictable. And, you know, there's going to be messes that's predictable, but there's just so many things about life that are unpredictable. And I had shared about that in the last episode the things that have been going on in our family in the last few months. But as I look at the year as a whole, I just really feel a sense of gratitude for the sense of purpose that I feel in the very mundane tasks of motherhood, because it has been a long journey for me to really embrace the fact that this is my real life (laughs) as much as I talk about it. And I want to encourage moms and I want to myself be an intentional and thoughtful mother who is engaged with my kids. Just like you were talking about, Lindsay, I'm also easily distracted or drawn into things that may not be the best things in that moment. I've just been really spending a lot of time, especially since we had gone through the family culture series earlier in the year. So much of what we cover with Kindred Mom is really introspective and kind of mm-hmm. asks you to think long and hard about what are your priorities and what decisions are we making that serve our family and knowing that those change from season to season or week to week or sometimes day to day and yeah. having to make those adjustments and recognize when our needs are different and how to respond to where our kids are at, which I think this is the first year that I have kind of looked at the lay of the land and realized this is a very multi-layered, multi-faceted family. And I really Mm -hmm. have to be on my game to be in tune with what they need from me. And I think in the past, because I just kind of did what needed to be done on autopilot and repeated that process over and over again. And now I just feel like I have to be really aware in a much different way of what they each need and be able to let go of things that I want to be doing or Mm -hmm. things that would draw my attention elsewhere just because this is a big job. (laughs) And today, especially like I drove my kids home from the classes that they take on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And uh, a friend of mine called me and she just asked me how I was doing. And I just burst into tears because I just really feel really small. I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. so small and this job is so big and these children are so wonderful and they need so much and recognizing that I'm not going to be able to give them everything that they need. You know, some of that is going to be filled by other people in their lives and the the village around us and my husband's investment in their lives and their teachers. And so it's a comfort in one way to just see that I'm not the solo person responsible for every last part of their development, but also very humbling to mm-hmm. see what a small part that is. Um, yeah. So I'm just feeling my limitations and kind of running into that realization. I, we're also looking at the teen years. My daughter is 12. She'll be 13 oh. on her next birthday. And my boys. Oh, that's a whole nother world. Nine yep. and 10. And I feel like just in the last couple of weeks, have I been like, okay, this is going to be very different than the last 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm just processing that. And um, I think it's good. I think it's beautiful. I think it's going to just 
it's going to be an incredible experience to grow with them. But I also just, I feel very inexperienced. Yeah. (laughs) Here we are launching into a new year with who knows what's going to come. Yeah. I I feel like I'm in different ways learning the, the smallness piece of that alongside you. Uh, just like in the last, in a few weeks, it's been super apparent to me that they're just they're just more needs than I can meet. Um, I was putting my youngest Lily is two, and she had a she's just having a rough nap day, and I was trying to settle her, and I could hear mm-hmm. things going on in my son's room that needed attention for sure, and things that were going out in the living room with the big girls that definitely needed some attention and correction as well. <laughs> and I'm like, I can only be one place and I need yeah. to get, I need to get the baby down if I'm going to get anything else done today. Yep. So yeah. And just like in the smallest ways, there's just, there's just not enough to go around and that's actually okay. And I'm honestly trying to just picture you as like that cartoon character, Speedy Gonzalez, who's <laughs> trying to run from one room to the next room to the next room. Yeah, I feel like that's my life. <laughs> Such a good picture of motherhood. Yeah. It really is. Oh, so awesome. Yeah, I think that's something I've learned this year um, just on a big scale, like kind of zooming out even from the from motherhood in general. But on a big picture level, mm-hmm. I really learned this year the value of sort of, I keep saying to in my head, like going local, like instead of sometimes I can get overwhelmed by like all of the problems mm. in the world and all of the problems in our country and, yeah. um, and just the value of, of looking closer, right. Paying more attention to my local church, the church that I'm involved in, as opposed to what's happening, you know, in the church everywhere and getting overwhelmed by that and thinking about like what's happening in my neighborhood and in my mm-hmm. community. And I think that applies to motherhood too, right? Sometimes I can kind of get caught up in the big picture side of things. And it's, but it's just helpful just to like sit down on the floor and pay attention to this kid in this moment and see what does he need from me right this minute. And that's, I need to, I need to be reminded of that over and over and over again, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I want to take a minute and just say thank you to the two of you because you bravely joined our kindred mom team earlier this year. And I know that it was, it was kind of a surprise invitation. Our (laughs) team that was from the beginning was really trying to figure out how to deal with some of the needs we had behind the scenes with some changes in our core team and also just kind of where this community was going. We knew we needed some extra help. So that process was um, different than a lot of the, like we have submissions every month. We have our writers in residence program that people apply for, but we specifically invited you on to this team, partly because of the commitment that you had shown previously. You had written for our community several times and we just fell in love with the heart that each of you have and what you bring to our community as writers. But I have been completely blindsided by your awesomeness <laughs> <laughs> and by, I mean, people have no idea how much you guys are doing behind the scenes and how you have encouraged me through these last few months that have been extremely challenging for me. And uh, so I just want to publicly say thank you. And um, and we also I want to talk about our writers and residents from our first fall cohort that we had because they were also yeah. really awesome. Yeah. And so let's let's talk about them. Yeah, it has been a a complete joy to be on this team. Honestly, like I, yeah, the probably probably the biggest gift of my 2018, pretty easily, mm. which I can safely say because I didn't have any children this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's a good clarifying yeah. uh, statement there, Robin. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been it's been really fun, and I've really loved I've really loved having the the writers in residence on board. Uh, like it's it's fun that we were there for a short season before the writers in residence program, and yeah. then we got to see it with. And it's just it's been really fun to see them pulling together with us and and uh, just adding so much to the community. They really have. And it's, I love, yeah, I like Robin said, I love being on the team. Mm-hmm. And I just really love the process of getting to look at these submissions that writers give to us each month. Just such an honor that they share their stories with us. And 
the creative writer part of me just can totally nerd out mm-hmm. about looking at these essays and seeing how we can pull together a really high quality series and how can we make these essays the best they can be. And as far as the writers in residence go, these women are such phenomenal writers mm-hmm. and wonderful moms and just like kind, good people. And to get to work with them for several months in a row has just sort of yeah. amplified that excitement and that joy. You get to kind of learn like what wisdom they have to offer. Like Rebecca is so good at looking at motherhood with like joy and humor and like not taking herself too seriously mm-hmm. and Patty is such an encourager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just personally have benefited so much from her encouragement and kindness. Oh, and so much and wisdom. Corey, yes, so much wisdom Patty has to offer. Yeah. And Corey, oh man, when I grow up, I want to be a writer like Corey. Yeah. Um, her <laughs> writing is so beautiful so and heartfelt. It's so pretty. It really is. She just paints a beautiful picture, tells a beautiful story. And Mm -hmm. I have learned, I think, from her a lot about noticing just the gifts in this process of just everyday, ordinary mothering. Mm -hmm. It's just been really, really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I have been, I mean, I obviously had some inkling that this could be really awesome if we did something like this. Otherwise, we wouldn't have pursued it. But from my vantage point, like I just really love collaboration. I really love getting to know new people and to hear their ideas and to let that be something that's enriching our already growing, already awesome community. And also, you know, I didn't want to just invite new people on the team and have them be here indefinitely where that might be too big of a commitment for someone to make. I didn't want to do away with our monthly submissions just because I want to always be open to hearing from new people and new stories. Um, It's it's been a really good balance of having space available every series for new writers who find us and submit something and also be able to attend those relationships with the writers in residence for a little bit longer time Mm -hmm. because um, it's been awesome having them on the podcast and having conversations with them behind the scenes. And so um, I just really want to thank those women for being the pioneers of this first season of Writers in Residence. And, um, you know, we've got some more coming down the pipeline, yeah. which are going to be really awesome to introduce I'm so excited. in the new year. Yeah. So, well, is there anything from this year that we covered, any topic or any essay uh, or any quote that is really just sticking with you as we kind of wind down the year? And we're going to be going on a break for the month of December just so that we can all kind of be engaged with our holiday festivities and our families. Um, but I just love this reflection and you know, we have some new things that are coming in the new year, but what is staying with you from this year on Kindred Mom? Well, this is, this is a really long time ago, um, back before I was on the team. Um, something mm-hmm. that I think back to a lot is songs, uh, series on, I don't even remember what it was called. I really should have pulled this up before we started, but, um, her, her self-care series, um, the becoming, her, her journey to fitness. Um, and that's just been a thing that I've been thinking about a lot as I've worked hard on my own health through various struggles and mm-hmm. just trying to treat my body kindly so that I can do the things that I need to do in my life. Um, so I kind of yeah. think back to the various facets of, of, you know, discipline and just being mindful about what you, what you do with your body, both moving and, and, uh, and yeah. nourishing and, um, and it comes back a, a fair bit. And that was almost a year ago. So that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was last January. It was the transformation series. There were three parts to it. Uh, one was called Find Your Worth. And the second was Discover Your Strength. And the third was Stay the Course. And I have a feeling that this is going to be something that is going to be really nice to revisit in January yeah. if people have any fitness goals or weight loss goals or any of that kind of thing. I've also been really inspired by her journey and her perspective that she shared in those pieces. Um, So I'm glad that you mentioned it. 
One essay that I think about from time to time that stood out for me is back from the Family Culture series, Mm -hmm. and it was by Annie Rim, and she wrote this essay called Measuring Experiences by Wonder Rather Than Mileage, and she Mm -hmm. told the story of being, um, she and her husband loved to hike, but that that really had to change a little bit once they had small children, Mm -hmm. and they continued to hike with their kids, but you know, kids just slow you down, right? And she just writes about how she had to learn to appreciate and embrace the sense of wonder that her child brought to their hikes as opposed to, you know, traversing as much distance as they used to. And for me, as somebody who is big on like productivity and crossing things off my to-do yeah. list, um, and it was that was a good reminder for me to just slow down a little bit sometimes to take on the perspective of my kids when possible and to enjoy their perspective on on our days and on our little adventures um, and I think mm-hmm. about that from time to time. I am not a hiker. We do not go hiking. <laughs> but just that I do not need to constantly be telling my kids to hurry up and move along, oh, right? Yeah. That we can go at their yeah. pace sometimes. Yeah, I have I've been trying to like go back and figure out if there's a particular standout essay that I could be like, this was like the essay for me this year. And I just really can't find one that is the one because I'm like, oh, and I like that one. And oh, I remember this from that one. And I guess what um, I just wanted to mention is that there are several writers who have submitted work to us multiple times over Mm -hmm. the two years that Kindred Mom has been. And I just, I think I really love seeing the growth in those writers and the mm-hmm. the very rich fabric that has come from having our series topics invested in by multiple voices. And um, yeah. I just I think it's gonna be wonderful down the road to revisit some of these series topics because mm-hmm. of how full and just I don't know, there's just a lot of rich stuff here. And so mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to hoping that there might be a conversation in our Facebook group at some point where we can ask our listeners and the people who uh, are engaging with us there what has stayed with them and what essays have spoken to their hearts. And um, so that we can just cheer on those writers who have so generously shared their stories with us because it's been amazing. And I also want to say, too, that just the podcast this year has been a, just an enormous blessing to me. I think mm. um, the first year or so that we had produced it, or I should say I produced it, <laughs> the first year <laughs> was just really fraught with all kinds of anxiety. And like, I just wanted it to be so good. And I was afraid that it wasn't. And there was some amazing guests and some great stuff from that first stretch. But I just feel like we've kind of settled into this really lovely rhythm. We have awesome guests that have shared different parts of their stories with us. And it's gotten to a point where I'm no longer like on pins and needles every week <laughs> to know know, is this going to turn out okay? I just, I know that it's going to be a really enriching time. And so I just want to give an extra big thanks to all of the people who have appeared on the podcast as a guest or as someone who just shares a little part of their story because it's been Mm -hmm. really wonderful. So yeah, I agree. It's a highlight of my well, not every week, every other week, every other Monday, I really look forward to listening. Um, and it's been super fun to get to be a part of some of those conversations now over the past year. But I just love listening to the the stories and the wisdom that so many of the moms in our community have been so kind to share with us. There's been so many mm-hmm. good conversations. It's great. Well, thank you both for being here. Thank you for serving our community and being on our team. And I am just so appreciative for all of our listeners who spend your time listening to our podcast and sharing. If you have a blog post that you share with a friend and are in any way contributing to how our community is growing, uh, I just want to say extra big thanks. And so... Mm I, and Emily, yep. thank you for leading this up. I am mm-hmm. constantly yeah. amazed um, <laughs> just at the the commitment and the volume of ideas. Like it never runs dry mm-hmm. and they're good. Oh, <laughs> like I just I've really enjoyed watching watching Kindred Mom grow from from the beginning and then from the inside. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it is truly my pleasure and something that has returned much more to me than what I have put into it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a good equation. I think we'll keep it up. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, have a wonderful Christmas and the, too. the December break, and we'll catch everyone in the new year. Sounds good. See you Talk then. to you soon.